You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tuscaloosa. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. The cake pops that I talked about last week, you know, that special treat that will occasionally drift on to the menu there at Peter Brook Chocolatier. They're ready. They got them. They got the cake pops. Chocolate vanilla cake uh, covered in that one-of-a-kind Peter Brook chocolate, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate. The cake pops are in right now. At Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports. That's Jacob Harrison, of course. And together, we combine to form the 60 of Sports Talk Radio. How about it, Jacob? How you doing on this election day, Tuesday morning in Tuscaloosa? I'm doing better. I, I feel I seem to have recovered at least a little bit of the feeling in my legs. So I, I I'm I'm feeling better. There's a lot of birthdays today in the sports world too. We got Reggie Bush, Ben Roethlisberger, and then our own Tua Tungavaloa and Gene Stallings. It's a great day. How about that? A lot of birthdays on an election day. It's a Super Tuesday from a couple of different fronts. You've got Super Tuesday college basketball, a part of that taking place tonight at Coleman Coliseum as Alabama and Auburn get together for the second time this season. The Crimson Tide going for another, another season sweep over one of the opponents in the Southeastern Conference that it sees twice on this season. Uh, it's a Super Tuesday as far as the mayoral and municipal elections here in Tuscaloosa. Certainly hope each and every one of you get out and do your civic duty, cast your vote, Much props, by the way, to the folks, the men and women who put themselves out there as candidates for these respective offices, including, including Martin Houston of our Tide 100.9 FM air crew right here on the radio station. So best of luck to everyone involved. And again, hope you'll get out even in the less than perfect conditions and cast those votes. Uh, It was also a Super Tuesday uh, as far as breakfast goes this morning, I had another one of those Heather McMuffins. The chocolate lady, man, I'm thinking she needs to take her homemade version of these egg McMuffins she's been doing. We got about a three-day streak going with these uh, Heather McMuffins. It's a homemade egg McMuffin, and they are just out of this world. She ought to maybe consider dark, uh, dipping these babies in dark chocolate. I know that sounds crazy. I think they'd be great in anything. But uh, we had that going for us. We did get in the morning walk. I like to hold myself accountable. I know most of you could not care less about that. But it's an accountability thing, right? If I can't say it on the show, then I didn't do it. And then I got to deal with that. I got to get it done. Well, I got it done this morning, even in the rainy conditions, the cold, damp conditions. Got the walk in, got that Airdyne bike ride in. 
And so we're ready to go. We're ready for you at 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio. You know, we got a kangaroo watch going on up in Winfield, Alabama. I'm not sure if you saw that, Jacob. (laughs) But there's a kangaroo. Yeah, there's a kangaroo up the road in Winfield that is on the loose. So like uh, Tuscaloosa Python levels, like... Or do we actually know there's there's a kangaroo? There's footage of this kangaroo. There's footage of him, like, just hopping down the road. So we're on the the kangaroo watch, officially. Nick Saban gets a glimpse of this guy, our gal. Might be on kickoff coverage against Miami on September the 4th. And we've had Australians play football at Alabama in the past. Jesse Williams, right? Maybe, uh, Maybe this kangaroo. Nick Saban gets his hands on it. Hey, we needed a new punter, but this might be ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm tired. Look, I'm on record. The the Aussie invasion where the punters are concerned, it's got to stop. You know, that's got to stop. I mean, they're just taking it over. These old washed-up rugby players, man, they're just taking over the punting game. I mean, Ray Guy is rolling in his grave, and I don't even think Ray Guy's dead yet. Did I just kill Ray Guy? I didn't mean to. But, yeah, we got a kangaroo watch up in Winfield. You just never know, man. You get up around Jasper. You get up around Jasper and Winfield and those areas, Gooin. You don't know what you're going to run into up there, man. It is uh, – it's off the wall. Walker County, yeah. Got to have your head on a swivel. You go about 25 miles north of Tuscaloosa, especially kind of to the northwest, it's head on a swivel time, man. Even around Samantha. Yeah, I've just been informed Ray Guy. I thought he was still alive. So I'm glad we didn't we didn't kill Ray Guy on the program this morning. But uh head on a swivel. Once you get a little bit north of the Tuscaloosa County line, man, you better be ready for anything and everything. Anything and everything will be on display at Coleman Coliseum tonight. I checked StubHub, Jacob, here in the last few minutes before the start of the show. Your cheapest get-in price for Alabama-Auburn tonight at Coleman Coliseum, if you're basing it on just two tickets, the cheapest get-in, this is in the corner, one of the corners at Coleman Coliseum, 31 rows up. This is before fees, too, on StubHub at about 10.57 a.m. As of about 10.57 a.m., cheapest get-in, 180 bucks per ticket. Yeah. Wow. The ticket man, now he's not dealing in numbers as much as he would like, you know. But when it comes to price per ticket, the ticket man who's got the tickets, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. Hopefully this is going to change. We heard from Greg Byrne yesterday via social media that the expectation for the 2021 college football season is for full occupancy. At Bryant-Denny Stadium. And you know, with the way things are trending, there's reason to be optimistic that that is doable once we get to September of this year. With the rollout of multiple vaccines and the increased immunity that we're hoping for. Yeah, it also makes sense logistically, just because these are such big events. You can't start to plan for 101,000 people at Bryant-Denny Stadium on August the 28th, okay? So whereas it is still the first quarter of 2021, it is already March. You got to have a plan, folks. So it makes sense from that perspective as well. But when we talk about that game tonight at Coleman Coliseum, will Sharif Cooper, the outstanding point guard for Auburn, play? That's the big question going into the game. You heard from Nate Oates yesterday, Alabama men's basketball coach. Alabama is preparing as if, as if they will see Sharif Cooper. And he was absolutely outstanding in round one between these teams. Uh, Really, really good. That was his debut, by the way. For uh, for the Tigers in that 94 to 90 loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide, second half alone was 57 54 Alabama. So you might have that kind of game tonight. And if you're Alabama, you don't mind it because you're coming off a week in which you didn't surpass 66 points in either of your two games. 
So you need to get this thing back up into the 70s, perhaps into the 80s. That's your comfort zone. Nice that you can defend. That's obviously a, 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 the biggest improvement, probably of all, for this Alabama team in year two under Nate Oates. They can survive the games in which they don't get into the mid-70s or higher because defensively they're better. But certainly Alabama wants to be 80-plus. And with the way Auburn likes to play, Auburn doesn't back down from it. You know, this is the way Bruce Pearl teams play. Uh, maybe not as prolific in terms of getting three-point shots up with this team as some of his previous teams, although they did take 27 the first time around against Alabama. Alabama took 32. So what you're looking at for tonight between the two teams, probably if you were going to set an over-under for total threes in this game, I would think 59.5 would be your total if there were such a prop bet in Vegas. Combined three-point field goal attempts tonight, I would say 59.5 in the first game they combined for 59. So that seems like a fair number. But uh, Sharif Cooper, questionable status. Again, big game. Last time around, 26 points, 9 assists. But Alan Flanagan is another guard that probably has kind of paid the price for Cooper's emergence. Not so much in terms of statistical production because he's been very good. It's just that Cooper... You know, with his ability and his talent and the anticipation with Sharif Cooper, a former five-star prospect coming out of high school, uh, it's been obviously the the central storyline for this Auburn basketball team. So what Auburn was able to do in its win over Tennessee over the weekend was get balanced scoring with Cooper out. So now you've got a team coming off a big win over a top 25 team in Tennessee feeling more so like it can deal with an Alabama, even if Sharif Cooper is limited at best or doesn't play at all. So we'll see. So you still have to concern yourself if you're Alabama, very much with Alan Flanagan tonight, with Jamal Johnson, who could play more on the point and free Flanagan up to be more of a scorer if Cooper is limited or can't go. So a lot of different angles to look at this game tonight at Coleman Coliseum. We're going to look at a lot of different angles coming up with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. We'll talk some Alabama-Auburn basketball with Brent. We'll talk some SEC football. We're going to get into some super senior talk, as as they're being referred to, coming off the free year of eligibility in 2020 for college football. Some Alabama opponents that are going to benefit from the extra year, how Alabama itself could benefit from a couple of super seniors with both those guys on the offensive side of the ball. We'll get into all that with Brent Beard coming up in just a little bit. We're not sure, by the way, have we heard anything definitive on Alabama UAB baseball for tonight? Set to take place at Regions Field over in Birmingham. I get them confused. Is it Regions Field that's the Barons? And then isn't there still Regions Park, I want to say? Everything's... Will Galloway from WVOA uh, just posted on Twitter that the game has been canceled. There you go. Makes sense because the weather isn't supposed to get better as as the day goes on. So no Alabama UAB baseball. But you will have Troy in here tomorrow for Alabama before the Crimson Tide takes off for Charleston, South Carolina. We wish we were going on that trip just from the culinary aspect. Man, that low country fair. Look. I think shrimp and grits are has jumped the shark at this point. You know, everywhere's got shrimp and grits. I think Waffle House now has shrimp and grits. I think you can get shrimp and grits at Shoney's, you know. It's 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 too prevalent, shrimp and grits. It was a great idea. It was a great thing. But I will say this for shrimp and grits. If you are in Charleston, South Carolina, you get a shrimp and grits pass. Wherever you go in Charleston, South Carolina, you are allowed it is culinary, culinarily okay to have shrimp and grits if you're in Charleston, South Carolina. Also, I pretty much think Charleston, South Carolina is the brunch capital of the world. This brunch phenomenon phenomenon that's taken over, taken hold here in the last five or six years, it all goes back to Charleston, South Carolina. And you can have a brunch, I think, at the Crystals 
in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Burger King, I think, has a brunch at the Charleston, South Carolina locations. We're going to step aside for a break and we come back. It's time for Brent Beard on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama men's basketball will close out the home portion of the schedule on Tuesday, facing Auburn at 6 p.m., with radio coverage starting at 5 p.m. Central from Coleman Coliseum. Head coach Nate Oates gives his preview of tonight's matchup. I thought our defensive effort uh, was great against Mississippi State. I mean, it won us the game because our offense wasn't very good. So, you know, you see how hard everybody played. I mean... Petty was flying around. Herb, Herb was great. 14 rebounds. Juwan Gary dives on the floor, you know, after multiple guys hit the floor. There were so many plays where guys were all, you know, Rojas had his best game in a long time for us. I thought he was great. Quinterly was unbelievable on defense, you know, with his effort and energy. So I'll have more in a moment. Hey, folks, at this time of year, Alabama is looking for commitments, players they can depend on in the future to wear the crimson and white. Well, as a business, you need a copier and printer partner that is committed to your needs. Dex Imaging has made the commitment to be the best in the business when it comes to office solutions. So do what I did and commit to Dex Imaging. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama Athletic. Alabama baseball returns to action tonight, facing the UAB Blazers at Regions Field in downtown Birmingham. Alabama is off to an 8-1 start to the season after sweeping Wright State this past weekend in Tuscaloosa. Alabama will also play Troy at home on Wednesday before facing the College of Charleston on the road this weekend. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Cloudy with widespread rain across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today 50, tonight's low 39. Tomorrow, improving weather, becoming partly to mostly sunny, the high 64. Thursday, lots of sunshine with a high at 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 43 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon on this time. At this time, on Tuesdays, we typically head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line and check in with our good pal Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Brent, of course, also a longtime voter where the Heisman Trophy is concerned. But Brent, as we bring you on here, we're talking hoops in Tuscaloosa, Alabama these days, home of your 2021 right. SEC regular season men's basketball champion, Alabama Crimson Tide. Been a while, Brent. That's right. That's right. Since the early 2000s to, I think, 2002, and uh, then the first time since 1975, uh, 76, when uh, uh, Alabama was uh, in, in Trev. I know you remember that. Uh, I won't chase this rabbit long, but I know you remember that. Help me on this. That 76 Alabama team that, frankly, had Bob Knight and the national champion, Indiana Hoosiers, on the ropes uh, with about three minutes to go. They had a five-point lead in the ball-type thing. Then Indiana came back. Knight came in the dressing room afterwards and congratulated C.M. Newton in Alabama during that time. But uh, uh, listen, uh, there's no doubt this is rarefied air for Alabama, isn't it, pal? Bob Knight, a big fan of the late, great C.M. Newton. Bob Knight wasn't as big a fan of Dale Brown. 
no, no, absolutely not. Dale had Indiana on the ropes. I want to say in that '87 tournament that Indiana won on that memorable jump shot by Keith Smart on the baseline yeah. there in the Superdome in New Orleans against Sherman Douglas, Ronnie Cycli, Jim Beheim, and the Syracuse Orangemen, as they were known at the time, just the Orange now. Uh, and after that LSU win, I'll never forget, Bobby Knight came into the press room and said, you know, and he had slammed the phone, if you remember, in that game <laughs> on the press table. That's right. He was so angered at one point. Bobby Knight said, you know, I thought we were in trouble, and then I looked down on the other end, and I saw <laughs> Dale Brown. <laughs> Oh, that awful Bobby Knight. Oh, my. no. But uh, yeah, that 2002 Alabama team, by the way, Kenny Walker, right? Kenny Walker yep. was a Jacksonville guy from he your was. neck of the woods, our neck right. of the woods, right? You're right. Yes, absolutely. No, no. Matter of fact, I watched um, Kenny Walker when he was in high school and tra- helped me travel from Wolfson High, I believe. I believe, uh, yeah. At that point. But uh, uh, incredible player here. Uh, may not have lived up to all that in Alabama, but still had a pretty good career. So uh, I, I absolutely remember him. You also had Jeff Rousey, former Wolfson High okay. linebacker, going way back to Pops's era. You got to go back to Pops's days, kind of, uh, uh, to find uh, Jeff Rousey, the former Alabama standout, and of course, a former assistant coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide as well. But with that, Brent, we have Auburn in town tonight for a matchup between the Tide and Tigers. Most of the intrigue right now, it seems, involving the status of Sharif Cooper because the last time we saw that guy on the floor against the Alabama Crimson Tide, his first game as an Auburn Tiger, as I recall, uh, we had a good one. We had a thrilling sort of finish down there on the Plains. Uh, How much does his presence, in your opinion, mean to Auburn's chances tonight? Understanding... The Tigers just knocked off Tennessee yeah. at home without him. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, look, the uh, uh, Bruce Pearl understands these rivalries. He really understands the Tennessee rivalry because, Trev, he's still upset with Tennessee for firing him. Uh, so I, I think that's continued to stick in his crawl. Uh, but, again, uh, even – look, number one, uh, th- this is all gamesmanship – uh, I think if Cooper can breathe and walk, he'll play. Uh, I, I don't have any real doubt about that. But uh, at the same time, uh, can we give credit, Trav, to to some of these Auburn players like Alan Flanagan, who, who frankly have had a really good year and been one of the most consistent players they've had this season? Yeah, I've been a real constant. You're right with Flanagan and uh, obviously a, a season that already started without the promise of a, NCAA tournament appearance due to the NCAA issue. So uh, it's been a rough season for Bruce Pearl. But again, showed you it still has enough in the chamber to mm-hmm. knock off a very talented right. Tennessee team over the weekend. So if you're Nate Oates and you're worried about a team experiencing the highs of a championship and that win over Mississippi State on Saturday evening in Starkville, well, that had to be a good thing for you, I would think. Auburn doing what it did in its yeah. last outing. Oh yeah, that, that let them know how dangerous that Auburn could be. Uh, and, and look, it's not uh, kind of like Nick Saban after a, a big win. Uh, it's not that there are still things to clean up uh, with Alabama. Uh, and, and Trav, I still think. Uh, and look, they contributed in in different ways besides scoring. But I still think they need more out of their seniors. Um, I, I mean, Alex Reese is for, for whatever reason. I don't know if he's hit a wall or what's happened, uh, but he has really struggled shooting the ball. Herb Jones, still these untimely fouls have been difficult, not doing a whole lot offensively. Still think his back is giving him uh, trouble there in John Petty. John learning to do the little things that helps his team, but unfortunately really needing a three there at the end that they frankly got from Rojas uh, in the corner, which was very impressive. But, but look, you, you and I talked about this before the game, that that state game travel was going to be very difficult because even as athletic and big as Arkansas was in the middle, Mississippi State was even more so. 
Yeah, it was going to be tough, and it showed up in the the chances at the at the bucket for Alabama. In the no game. Nine of nine of twenty two on layups, so not a lot of easy finishes for a team no. not known for its girth and its stoutness, at least in the paint. Jordan Bruner coming back has been a nice thing, but I agree. You get twenty seven combined out of Shackelford, Herb, and John Petty, like you did at State. You better be good on the defensive yes. end because there's a good chance you're not going to see the 70 point mark, let alone the 80, no. which is where this team would rather live. But when you look at this matchup tonight, also maybe this is where Jordan Primo, uh, right, right. uh, finds it again too. uh, Primo, of course, feeling a little bit of a slump here of late, but, uh, in the first meeting with the Tigers, he was incendiary, at least early in the game. <laughs> Josh Primo, by the way, not Jordan. I'm combining my Bruners and my yes. Primos and everybody else's. Uh, really early in that game helped set the tone. He w- came off the bench against Mississippi State, and we really didn't see him that much off the bench. Instead, it was Keon Ellis that got the start. Uh, but continuing to find those other offensive options and have them in a good state of mind as you move into the postseason big here. No question. Uh, and Primo right lately, last three games, only averaging about five points and two rebounds. So hopefully he can get things back together again. And Trev, I'm, I'm also curious uh, what you've seen from Quinterly uh, in this uh, basically bringing him off the bench in the last few games, he seems to be able to to, to find himself. And and I'm I'm sure that you also uh, recognize this too. Quinterly is one of the better players around the basket. I, I mean, it, it, your your point's a really good one. And, and they brought this out in the broadcast that Alabama really struggles around the basket more than probably any other team in the top 10, and uh, there's a lot of reasons for that, as you mentioned a few minutes ago. But uh, but I think Quinterly, as a scorer and all-around player, he still struggles at times uh, in making unforced errors and things like this. Uh, you see him kind of rounding in his shape a little bit toward the end of the year, too. Yeah, maddening at times, the yes. best way to describe yes. Siobhan Quinterly. But he is absolutely comfortable in the one-on-one game. Uh, maybe sometimes to a fault. The ball will sometimes stick with Quinterly when yeah. he's on the floor, doesn't move enough. But you get under 10, you got to have that guy. And we sure. talked about this on the show the last couple of days as you, you know, move into the postseason, you get into one and done territory and, and your season's over. Uh, you better have that guy late yep. in the shot clock yep. that has total confidence in himself and the ability with both hands to finish around the rim. That's something Javon Quinterly can do. And look, James Rojas, we talked about him yesterday, big shot late in that game That's against right. Mississippi state. When it looked like there were some other guys that were a little bit gun shy at that point in the game, maybe fatigue was an issue mm-hmm. in some instances too. Uh, James Rojas didn't hesitate a bit in hitting that big three against the Bulldogs. You mentioned broadcasting. Let's talk a little bit about that. Reese Davis, the Alabama alum, uh, set to continue on in his role as the host of ESPN's iconic college football pregame show, College Game Day. I guess no huge surprise there. Uh, really, at this point, even more so than original host Chris Fowler, Reese has become synonymous with the show. Yeah, yeah, he really has. And and, and look, Reese, uh, for our listeners, is a friend for – Travis and I ended to be transparent about that and really pleased with what he has done. Uh, Travis and I know a lot of guys in this business that have a, a football stadium full of ego, but that is not the case for Reese Davis. He's a family guy. Uh, he has had to travel. I remember the days early interviews with him when he was doing RPM tonight. <laughs> you yeah, remember that yeah. one? We did, uh, we did, we did many a show back, back, back in the that's day right. Brent, myself <laughs> when Reese was, that was, you, that was what he was shooting for. He oh, was yeah. shooting for uh, a place, uh, a prominent role in ESPN's <laughs> college football coverage, but he was working RPM. He was working NASCAR yep, at the was. time, but he would jump on with Brent myself and, and kind of keep his college football chops uh, up at the time. It's been it's been amazing to watch him in, in the ascent. You just as you said, just very happy for Reese. 
in in the uh, uh, and you know Reese has done well with the NBA draft. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Trav, I saw that they've actually got him doing. Help me on this. Uh, professional soccer. I, I the um, if if it's uh, and I may be misinformed here, but if it's World Cup or the or or, or something of that nature this summer. So I, I think the point is, uh, Trav, he is almost flawless. Uh, in his delivery, and and look, he, that, what, he loves college football and basketball. That's his strength. That's what he wants to do. But the thing that that you and I have seen is he's grown to the point to where uh, he may be uh, certainly one of, if not their most trusted guy uh, when it comes to some of these bigger uh, events worldwide. Yeah, the consummate host is the way I would describe Uh, Reese Davis at this point in his career. Let's talk some college football. Let's talk one of Reese's very favorite topics. I see here uh, where the Associated Press asked each FBS program out there how many scholarship super seniors they expect to have on their rosters heading into upcoming spring practice. In some instances, like Florida, spring practice already underway. And when we talk about super seniors, You've also heard them referred to as, I believe, COVID seniors. In other words, (laughs) this year that was a free year in 2020 uh, to college football players, how many on these respective teams are going to make use of those? Now, from the Alabama perspective, we have two here on the list. And I'm going to guess the players themselves aren't on this list, but I'm thinking it's Chris Owens as a six-year guy. Right. And Brian Robinson, yeah. I think, is the other one. He is a guy who played and and fulfilled eligibility uh, requirements in each of his first four years at Alabama. But now in this fifth year, he has that extra year, and he will make use of it as well. Those are two guys that, Brent, we could see uh, in the starting lineup for the Alabama Crimson Tide on September the 4th. Well, uh, look, I think what Brian Robinson gives Bama is that big back uh, you, you can uh, put your head down and, and get uh, the hard yardage. And, and, and Trav, is there anybody besides Brian? Well, I, I know there are others, but uh, he, he is almost a poster child for the uh, uh, Nick Saban, uh, the, the progress uh, going process, through the, yeah. the, the process and the program. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure Saban would say that a lot, uh, but, but look, the, the thing that caught my attention is I'm sure it did yours is the teams with double digit guys coming back. Uh, Arkansas has that, uh, Ole Miss has that too, uh, almost with A&M with seven, Tennessee has 11. So, uh, that, Trav, there would be some interesting roster management for these teams. Now, I know they don't count against the numbers, but you still got to deal with these things. So uh, some of those teams on the Bama schedule uh, that has double-digit players returning as super seniors is interesting. Yeah, Miami doesn't have double-digit. The Hurricanes have six as Alabama season opening opponent. But of the notable ones, De'Eric King definitely qualifies at the quarterback position. Although, as we talked about, Alabama quarterbacks coming up on the schedule as far as opposing quarterbacks for 2021. The concern with De'Eric King is that knee injury he sustained against Oklahoma State uh, in the bowl game. But, you know, as you sort of move down the list of Alabama opponents, certainly uh, you look at say LSU uh, mm-hmm. and you know how they're going to benefit the Tigers are really, it looks like on both lines of scrimmage, yes. uh, Brent, when you look at LSU from the super senior perspective. Uh, well, and, and look, most of their line of scrimmage is coming back. I mean, their de- defensive lineman, Glenn Logan, who is a load, uh, the Neil Farrell, uh, Andre Anthony, uh, and, and they needed help there. I, I mean, look, they'll always have, uh, LSU will skill position players. Uh, we think Johnson may be the quarterback. We're not sure, uh, but I'm sure. Oh, uh, and he needs some reassurance of things right now. Having that, having that line of scrimmage coming back is going to help him for the spring. No doubt about it. And you mentioned Arkansas. When you look at the linebacker position, hard to find another one in the SEC in 2000. 
and 20 when he was healthy anyway, that was as productive as Drew Morgan. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, it's uh, it's notable throughout the throughout the, the schedule. Florida uh, is listed with five super seniors. Alabama obviously headed to uh, Gainesville on September the 18th. Um, you talked about LSU. We mentioned the Tigers yesterday in relation to that quarterback situation. I think we're both fans of Max Johnson, but mm-hmm. in checking in with some LSU people over the weekend, it sounds like Miles Brennan's still very much yeah. intent oh, yeah. on being a part of that mix as well. So uh, it's an interesting scenario to consider. You know, as was the case in 2020, we talk so much about maturity and teams that had veteran rosters like Alabama's being rewarded. Well, that may be the case. There may be carryover in 2021 for some of these teams, too. Texas A&M, another Alabama opponent. When you talk about the defensive line and how expectations are going to be so high for that group uh, and the Aggies on that side of the ball, certainly a couple key guys uh, where the super seniors are concerned. Uh, and, and listen, Jimbo is going out of his way not to talk about quarterbacks and skill position players, but he's going to have his way to talk about his line of scrimmage and, and Jaden PV and also Michael Clemens uh, among that group. Uh, Trav, could we argue early uh, or, or mention early that uh, that's going to be a real plus for them? I, I think Jimbo read the writing on the wall when he came to this league after he left Florida State that he eventually had to rebuild their line of scrimmage, and they've done a pretty good job in that area. They have, and you know LSU, as we talked about, uh, and I know you've got noted here, uh, the, the Tigers are going to return 33 players who started at least one game in 2020. So whereas it was very much a return to earth for LSU, and there are still many, many problems surrounding that program, more of them off the field, then on it, this is going to be an experienced, talented roster that O and LSU is going to put out there uh, as we sit here in March anyway uh, in 2021. Now, one guy that isn't going to be a part of that roster is Eric Gilbert. That's been an interesting twist here of late. Eric Gilbert going from LSU. We thought the Florida. Now it doesn't look like Eric Gilbert's going to be a Gator, the talented tight end, Brent. No, he's decided that that he has left. Uh, look, there, there's all kinds of speculation about this. Now, what I've heard from some recruiting guys uh, is the fact that there are some academic issues, and, and, and I get that, and hopefully he will get his act together uh, if that is the case. Um, uh, it, the, the rest of it is a lot of speculation. Now, what I've also heard, like you have probably, is there's not going to be any great um, uh, sensational announcement here that he's going to – he basically is going to enroll – uh, and, and the next time people hear from him, he'll be in another school. Now, Trev, I've also heard from some recruiting guys that he may even go JUCO for a year j- uh-huh. just to get the, just to get things straightened out uh, all of that way. But we certainly know how talented he is, and and you and I both know uh, that's not going to keep uh, a bundle of SEC schools from recruiting him again. Well, here's the thing working for him, too. Last year didn't count. That's right. So if he goes JUCO for a year, you know, that's essentially his freshman year again. And he still has three left to play uh, if that's what he wants to do. I guess actually he would have maybe four. Yeah, I'm getting screwed up. I'm getting screwed up on the math as these eligibility windows get wider and wider. Um, I'd be interested, too, to see if. If there's some interest, maybe in Tennessee with his old high school quarterback up there, him and uh, Harrison Bailey, uh, I guess from Marietta High School, uh, played together, obviously. So uh, the intrigue as it relates to Eric Gilbert not going away anytime soon. A former in-state prospect who got off to just a tremendous start at Clemson University, Justin Ross, before unfortunately having to sit out last season. Thought it was interesting in your notes to see that Justin Ross is going to move inside to the slot, and you hear that, and maybe in previous years you think, oh, that's probably not a good thing for a guy to go from, say, the X to the to the slot. But with what we saw from Amari Rogers in that spot from Clemson, especially this last season. I think that's just an opportunity to get Justin Ross even more involved in the offense. Uh, well, and think about this too, Travis. Six four two oh five. What a mismatch could he be with defenders? 
Yeah, no doubt about that. And Brent, we're continuing to ramp up spring practice around the Southeast, both in the Southeastern Conference and the ACC. Still a couple of three Fridays away from a start here in Tuscaloosa, but Florida's got it going with Emory Jones, I guess, stepping in there at the quarterback position and Georgia, Florida State, I guess some others coming online here soon. Uh, Yeah, and uh, we're excited about that. Still plans for spring games for a lot of these teams, plans for, uh, as Greg Byrne said yesterday, among other ADs, uh, also at Ross Bork at A&M, that they're planning on having full stadiums, uh, which is certainly exciting uh, to be able to uh, to see and hear that too. And, and Travis, if we go out, I, I do want to make mention here. Uh, and uh, I know Mac Jones is preparing for uh, the NFL, uh, but about a year ago, we lost his head coach, Corky Rogers, uh, in Jacksonville, the Bowl School. It, gosh, it's hard to believe he's been going a year in the trial. But I, I, I just wanted to mention that. I know you'd, I know your feelings toward him. And, and again, I, I will say this multiple times that that Mac Jones going to the NFL uh, maybe the only player uh, going in the NFL who has had elite coaching on the high school and the college level. You know, I guess you could say Leroy Butler would qualify yeah, as well. Because yeah, good point. Good point. Leroy played for Corky at Lee High School on the west side of Jacksonville, Pops' alma mater, before Corky went to Bowles. And then Leroy played for, of course, Bobby Bowden at Florida State. Right. But between those two, yeah, um, and understanding as great as Bobby Bowden was, uh, Nick Saban has sort of transcended everyone mm-hmm. uh, in the coaching ranks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of those guys that, that had the, the privilege of being able to pull off that double that not many other folks have. I was just at Lee High School, as a matter of fact, a week or so ago, and hard not to be in the backyard, the stadium as it's referred to, and it's very quaint. It's called the backyard because it literally sits between the 100-plus-year-old <laughs> the campus there and the backyards of the neighboring homes uh, and not think of Charles Buxton, Corky Rogers. The no fourth, doubt. No doubt about it. Hey, Brent, as always, we appreciate the time, my man. We'll do it again next week. Good. Thank you, pal. Enjoyed it. There he goes. Sprint Beer to College Sports Today and First Coast News. More of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Cloudy with widespread rain across West Alabama this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 50. Tonight's low, 39. Tomorrow, improving weather, becoming partly to mostly sunny. The high, 64. Thursday, lots of sunshine with a high at 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Breaking news, Big Cat Bryant, previously of Auburn University, the defensive end, the hybrid, the edge defender, who apparently, or who appeared to be headed to the University of Tennessee will instead reunite with Gus Malzahn down in Orlando. Big Cat Bryant headed to UCF now. Maybe you saw this one today, too. Kate Phillips, 2023 power forward from Rainbow City Westbrook Christian School up there in northeast Alabama, has garnered an early offer from Nate Oates in Alabama men's basketball. Kate Phillips, pretty good lineage. When you talk about Alabama athletics, Cade the son, this is how I know I'm really getting old, Cade Phillips, the son of John David Phillips, former Alabama football player, highly regarded quarterback prospect, as I recall, coming out of high school, I think that was the mid to late 90s, 
Cade Phillips is also the son of Reagan Croyle, or excuse me, Reagan Phillips, Reagan Croyle, as she was known during her women's basketball days at the University of Alabama. I think Reagan may have been on Alabama women's basketball's last NCAA tournament team. I need to check on that. And then, of course, Cade, the nephew of former Alabama quarterback Brody Croyle and the grandson of former Alabama defensive standout John Croyle, played for the late, great Paul Bear Bryant. There you go. Cade Phillips, 2023 power forward. Rainbow City, Westbrook Christian. I believe that's Brody's old stomping grounds on the prep level. Yeah. Let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line right now at 205-342-9904. Check in with Pat on a Tuesday. Pat, how you doing? Man, stole my... That's what I was going to tell me about Phillips. I'm not, I'm not that big as far as recruiting on basketball. And I don't pay the kind of attention uh, that there is to... Uh, a, perhaps a uh, defensive tackle down in Montgomery that has video. It's unreal. I think we may be having some tech diffs with uh, our pal Pat on this uh, on this Tuesday morning. Pat, of course, he loves to talk the uh, loves to talk the college football recruiting. I think he may have been referring to there at the end Curtis Perry, the big defensive tackle from Park Crossing High School in Montgomery, 6'3", 267, a high four-star, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings, Curtis Perry, and Alabama, obviously, among those in the mix. And, you know, talking with Hank South recently on the Bama Online Podcast, also right here, of course, on Southern Fried Sports, uh, when we outlined some of the key in-state targets for the class of 2022 coming up uh hank definitely had uh had curtis up there near the top of the list you talk about top five in the state right now for 2022 on the football front and you're looking at jeremiah alexander previously committed to alabama in that number one hole 6'2 235 pound weak side defensive end which that tells me at 235, if he's considered a weak side defensive end in a 4-3, he's a jack, strong side linebacker in Alabama's approach. That size kind of reminds you of a Ryan Anderson, maybe. Emmanuel Henderson is the number two ranked prospect in the state of Alabama right now for the 2022 cycle. Geneva County, that's the Rand Stacy territory. Kind of matches up, too, because Emmanuel Henderson, one of the top running back prospects in the state of Alabama, not only the state of Alabama, but in the country. Number two ranked running back prospect in the country. Some folks see Emmanuel Anderson as a guy who could play some different spots, too. Maybe a receiver, maybe even in the secondary. He is a top 30 national prospect as well. Then you get to Curtis Perry at number three. Alabama commitment Robert Woodyard is fourth on this list. Six one two ten. I believe he was Alabama's first commitment, or one of them, Robert Woodyard of Williamson High School down there in Mobile. And when you look at these top four, based on commitments and crystal balls right now, it's all Alabama with Alexander Henderson Perry and Robert Woodyard. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you would like to check in with us as we put a wrap on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports, you are more than welcome to do so. Um... You know, I haven't been a gym rat when it comes to high school hoops this season. That tends to happen when your kids don't play anymore. It's amazing, all the gyms, all the gym doors that you darken when you've got kids playing. Same thing for soccer, football. I walked golf courses because of high school golf. I'm usually a cart guy. I had to walk golf courses. I loved it. It was absolutely a lot of fun. But I haven't watched as much high school basketball this year, really even the last two years. But I did tune in. Not sure if you saw that uh, 6A semifinal last night over at Bartow Arena in Birmingham between Mountain Brook. You got to say it right. There's a way to say Mountain Brook. You got to say it like they say it. Mountain Brook. You got to carry that 
that uh, uh and Eufaula. My late grandfather always used to if we went through Eufaula, Alabama, it was always he would say, I lead Eufaula. But Eufaula and Mountain Brook last night in an outstanding, outstanding six A semifinal. Triple overtime before the Spartans of Mountain Brook take out Eufaula in a 6A semifinal. I was locked in, man. That NFHS, that uh, high school feed you can get, was good stuff. Outstanding effort. Not a pretty game. You know, high school basketball really needs a shot clock, and they still don't have it in most instances. Maybe some states have incorporated it, but Alabama hasn't. We need a universal shot clock. In high school basketball, I think it'd be a lot more watchable. But still, it's fun when you don't watch a lot of high school basketball to kind of check back in. And it has such a nostalgic feel to it because a team like Mountain Brook essentially runs an offense that is like spaced out like North Carolina under Dean Smith before the shot clock. And they just space and cut, space and cut. Then the dribble handoff that they incorporate into what they do. And Mountain Brook pulled out a tight one last night at Bartow Arena. Best high school basketball game I've seen so far this season. Now again, that sample size isn't exactly in the hundreds for this season. But uh, congratulations to both teams. Just a hell of an effort on both from both squads. Uh, get out and vote, man. Get out and vote today. You need to do that if you haven't already. Hopefully you already have. If you haven't, get out and do it. You owe it to these folks, these guys, these gals who have put themselves out there. And uh, look forward to the results. Congratulations also to all of those folks involved for giving us this opportunity to make a choice. To make a choice. Can't beat that. That's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Brent Beard. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. The lunch whistle on this Super Tuesday. If you can't afford those StubHub prices for Alabama-Auburn tonight, go watch it at Heat Pizza Bar. Right there. Sit at the bar at Heat Pizza Bar. It runs the entire length of the establishment. Great big screen televisions. They've got the Thai chicken pizzas starting right at tip-off tonight. Six o'clock. They're going to start those Thai chicken pizzas at just seven bucks. You can't beat that. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Yeah.